Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to the Chase Down Cavaliers podcast on Leverage the Chat. For those of you that are new to the show, I'm your host, Justin Rowan, with my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Today, we are joined by a special guest, the co-founder of Spotlight Media Ventures. You may know him from the TBF podcast, as well as the BOM and Nice Kicks podcast. We are joined by Black Trey. How are you doing today, Trey? I'm pretty good, man. Thank you guys for having me on. Welcome to the team. Thank you. Thanks for having us, man. We're we're pretty pumped. We're we're excited uh, for this changeover. Um, I, I I think it was Blake Murphy who said on Twitter today. He's every good startup has one bad decision, and and I think this is yours. I I, I think yeah. this is what's going to come back to haunt you, Jade, Zach, and all those guys. We are <laughs> thrilled to be uh, to be your first real true misstep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's fine, man. I I rather I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, change it for. Uh, for anything oh that's nice uh we should probably get started talking about this game the nba is back so that's cool uh but obviously a pretty huge damper early on when uh when gordon hayward went down with a pretty gruesome uh ankle injury and i mean like you heard kevin harlan say it like kind of repeating himself like hayward's leg is broken hayward's leg is broken and like it almost didn't register for me for the first like two times he said it and then all of a sudden you're like oh no and it, right. it's, it was just awful. Yeah. Man, uh, it, it was it freaked me out. I, I mean, anyone that has either had somebody that they know go through a, a terrible injury like that or has seen an injury like that or gone through it personally, it, it messes you up. Like, for me, I, I dislocated my knee. Uh, I tore a bunch of stuff, had surgery. And, like, even now, I'm scared to plant on it. If I had an injury like that where, I mean, your foot's basically pointing in the wrong direction, I'd be scared to play basketball again. Like, that would psychologically mess with me. Yeah, I think that was the main thing that uh, that the players were dealing with, especially since uh, we had Kevin Ware and Paul George in the, in the previous years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, to continue to play a game like that is kind of like now, do I be timid or – how aggressive should I be? So that's going through the players' minds as well as those Celtics teammates that, you know, that's their guy and he's down there and, you know, he's pretty much now ridden off for the year. You know what I mean? Right. You know, um, so especially if you've been spending time with that person, you look at it as a fallen soldier. So um, I wish Gordon Hayward the best, you know, in his speedy recovery. But as the game of basketball and you're playing high speed, that's a part of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, I, think, I don't think uh, it was like a dirty play. It was no, just, it wasn't. You know, it just, no, it just, not at all. It was. It's a quote unquote freak accident. And you know what I mean? Like that's that comes with the game and intensity and and how to like you know contact. A lot of people think basketball is not a contact sport, but it is. And he just happened to land you know awkwardly. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that situation. It's a tough loss for the Celtics, but I think uh, you know what they showed as far as their uh, you know playing through adversity. They're gonna be. They're gonna be okay. I mean, you know, losing to Gordon Hayward, that's about 17 to 20 games 
possibly that you know you could have won adding him in the in the roster spot. But I think this uh, they'll be they'll they'll be well coached by uh, Brad Stevens. Yeah, yeah, and not to move on like too callously or anything, but like I mean, this is we knew that they were really going to count on Tatum and Brown this year, maybe like more than they should have. Uh, mm-hmm. Like in a way that if you're lo- if you were looking for question marks in this team, it was like they're really going to be relying on these two kids to be good. And now they, I mean, now you have to add probably Yavasele or Olaje and or Jele, uh, however the hell you say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you did better than I would. Kids. Oh, thanks. Uh, just a couple, just a bunch of kids on the wing that are going to have to grow up really fast. I mean, Brown had a nice game. He went 11, scored 25. The three point uh, shot wasn't there for him, but Jalen Brown's going to be nice. Jalen Brown yeah. is a nice player. I'm, I'm a big fan. On a game to game basis, I changed my opinion. Yeah. He's the guy that um, he worked really hard. And, and normally you look at those guys and you say, everybody's working hard in the summer, but I think he's going to make the sophomore leap. You know, he's going to play big minutes. He's going to be able to do both ends of the floor. And he's still learning, you know, like it seems like his outside shot has improved. He's more confident. He was super aggressive going to the rack. Obviously, Boston didn't shoot well from beyond the arc. But overall, like, I like him. And I also like the young buck uh, Tatum, Uh, you know. Mm -hmm. And I like the leadership that Kyrie's showing right now. He's stepping in and he's telling young guys to settle down. And, you know, um, so that's a growth to Kyrie we're watching as well. Yeah, I, yes. I think we're going to see a lot of growth from Kyrie this season, uh, both in a leadership standpoint and uh, just with his overall game. Like, there, there's going to be some hiccups. There's going to be times where he's a, a little too passive trying to get guys involved. But um, I, I think a lot of people uh, ha- had written him off to some extent uh, in, in terms of his ability to lead a team. Um, and I just think with the help of Brad Stevens, with a, a set on offense um it's really going to help that transition be a lot easier for him um i i know uh, for a lot of the Cavs fans listening uh, it's a tough subject and, and i mean he certainly hasn't done himself any favors uh with how he's handled this summer um but it I, I think the best years of Kyrie's career are still ahead of him and we're only going to see continued growth uh, especially in the face of this adversity yeah, you know, it, and I did want to mention the Cavs decided not to play that tribute video. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pretty all right with that. Just even like just given the Hayward thing, it was just like a weird energy the whole game. Man, uh, like, I, I didn't, I didn't want that, that game as, like, to continue with that or point. Shade. I it's just like I don't know. It's not like a really a great game to celebrate stuff or like look back fondly. Like it just would have been weird, right? Yeah, I just mentioned the asterisk in front of it, like, you know, if it was something else. Like, I mean, if it was a large deficit. Um, but they played really hard, and they gave us, you know, like, especially towards the last, uh, towards the end of the third quarter going into the fourth, um, both teams played hard. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they gave us that excitement of, like, yes, the NBA is back. If Kyrie makes that three at the end, like, we're in overtime right now. We're not even recording yet. Mm-hmm. It's just that was great for a start off. I mean, unfortunately, you know, the, the injury, but overall – the game of basketball is back. It's no more preseason talk. Uh, people want to win, yeah. and you can see yeah. it. And, yeah, it's and, a whole different energy. Mm-hmm. That, that, being on the other side of Kyrie uh, is a little bit of a weird experience. I mean, a- after all these years of watching him, uh, just his ability to 
to create a shot and hit it. I mean, I thought that three was going in at the end, especially when the net moved. I mean, I, I was already having a tough time looking at the screen at that point. That that was a little bit too much. And, I, I mean, you have to give the Celtics credit. They were already down one starter with Marcus Morris being out. Uh, Hayward goes down after about six minutes. And the young guys stepped up. Kyrie played well. Hayward played well. Marcus Smart played good defense. Um, Rozier looked good. Um, I, I think they're going to be all right. I, I can still see them, even if Hayward's out for the year, if things gel, given this week east, I could still see them finishing uh, with a third seed. I, I don't think they're going to slip below four, um, even without Hayward. That, that's a lot of talent on that team. And, and uh, the rest of the east, unless Milwaukee really takes the, the leap this year, uh, I, I don't really see them going above the Celtics. No, I, I don't. I don't either. I think this team just like, and the infrastructure's there. Even if they have all these new faces, they have the infrastructure. And honestly, they just kind of know how to play together already. Like I felt, I didn't think there were a ton of growing pains. Like if I thought there were, when their offense stalled in a lot of ways, it just felt like it was a shooting issue. Like they just don't have. Like Hayward was a sneaky, really important. Like obviously as a ball handler and a defender, but they don't have a lot of good shooters on this team anymore. Like Jalen yeah. Brown took nine threes. That's way too many. Marcus yeah. Smart took four. In the first half, they were four for twenty. Like, it, that's that's pretty rough. Like, I mean, I don't know why they were settling for so much. Maybe playing from behind it makes you shoot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think they shoot that bad overall because. But I don't like the idea of relying on a Kyrie or Jalen Brown to be their three point shooters. So um, well, Kyrie, I think, is fine. It's yeah, he's fine, but but I'm just saying overall when the paint is packed and they're wide open, are these guys are going to be encouraging uh, a Jason Tatum to continue to take more threes? Right. Um, you know, like do you do you shoot yourself out of a game? Like you know, I think they should stick to what they do best. Um, I like the idea someone mentioned earlier about adding Bane to the lineup and mm-hmm. then moving uh, Horford to the four and basically pushing those guys back to their natural position instead of going small ball. Um. But we'll see. Um, but I don't think they continue to struggle from the arc. I think they'll pick it up. They'll mm-hmm. get better looks. Uh, those guys will settle down and be more patient. You'll get three-point shooting from Marcus Smart and other guys to add along. I mean, yeah. while we're on the subject of struggling with uh, shooting strokes, let's talk a little bit about Derrick Rose. Because that, uh, I, I mean, uh, after uh, a preseason uh, uh, of be looking, you know, pretty good, looking quick, um, the the one thing that I was kind of noting throughout the preseason was just that the Cavs were playing a lot of bad teams. They're like playing the Magic. They're playing um, Chicago. Like all these teams that aren't going to be good in the regular season with a shortened rotation. Never mind like a 17-18 man rotation. And Rose really went back into his bad habits. I mean, he was leading the team in shots for most of the night. Um, and. And him going in that direction and just jacking up shots at every turn, it really made that starting lineup look worse than it's going to even at the best of times. Like, I'm still not a big believer in Rose and Wade starting together in that lineup. Um, But Rose just kind of exasperated all those problems there. Yeah, it's worth noting that the Cavs only got 22 threes up in this game. And that's mostly a byproduct of the the personnel they ran out there. I mean, if your starting lineup features Rose and Wade and they play 60 combined minutes, you're not going to shoot enough threes. Like, this team is kind of defined by 
their volume three-point shooting. I think they made more than the Warriors last year. Uh, you'd have to check me on that, but it's close, if not. And, mm-hmm. like, all of a sudden, it's these guys who just don't really want to shoot, even if they can. And you have – it's so funny. Like, I was just thinking before we sat down to record – of this is like it's the most Cavs opener we could possibly have where they win the game, <laughs> but the last six minutes are just me being furious with everything wrong with them. Like <laughs> Love only gets nine shot attempts while Rose and Wade get up twenty four. Jeff Green for some like in why is Lou playing a like a ten man rotation for the first time in his career? Like Jeff Green does not need fourteen minutes. Shump certainly doesn't need thirteen on this. Now, what's Jeff Green doing out there tonight? <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I was I was pretty. I like I like the uh, Jeff Green's explosiveness a little bit, and that's a rare compliment from Jeff Green because he's the guy that shows up and then all of a sudden disappears all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's like the the cool uncle. Um, eight, yeah, eight shots in fourteen minutes though, man. No, I, I I like he Jeff. Yeah, go ahead. He definitely was letting it fly. Um, but to piggyback off the conversation about Rose and Wade, they shrink the floor, which really hurts the Cavs long run. Um, I really like Jay, uh, Jay Crowder out there who spread at the floor and hit some big shots. Yep. Yeah, um, he looked good. Yeah, but I don't know why, uh, but Tyron Lue, he just, I think he's just going to rotate guys until he figures out and finds out the right five for them. Um, yeah. I think, it, it, I think they're better with Wade on the bench too if J.R. Smith starts. See, I, I would start Wade and JR together as the guards because LeBron is effectively going to be the point guard in a lot of those lineups. He's always going yeah, to be the primary initiator. Wade has averaged 5.7 assists for his career, basically. Uh, and JR can provide some supplemental playmaking as well. I'd rather have that and Rose running the second unit. And uh, to your point earlier, Trey, I, I do like Jeff Green as a cutter, and we saw him be effective at at that uh, throughout the preseason but we we saw tonight he's posting up from like 18 feet out and just backing his guy down backing his guy down and jacking up like a turnaround shot like that is not his game he he needs to kind of keep it confined to that role and and it would be they'd be best suited playing up tempo with Jeff Green and I thought there were too many minutes uh, when Lou went to those bench lineups that they were kind of playing slow down basketball uh, with uh, Shumpert, Corver, Green, Thompson, and I forget who else was out there. Uh, but they weren't really playing with the same pace that you saw them play with in the preseason. Only seven minutes for Corver tonight. And no seven. shots. Like I, I don't understand why you would play Shump or Green over Corver, especially if you're not going to play Green at the four exclusively. I didn't understand uh, Shump being in towards the end. Yeah, he closed the game, right? Yeah, he closed the game. I didn't understand that. And, <laughs> and also, I mean, I get it. I get it. The the, the time Corver was out there, Marcus Smart took advantage of it. Um, but they also need to use Corver in a better way to make him useful out there on the offensive end. Right. Put him, put him in successful situations rather than just him standing in the corner because, you know, he's still a knockdown three-point shooter that they need out there on the floor. Yeah, but, well, starting JR, like, Helps helps alleviate that, right? Because then you yes. have a shooter on your starting lineup and your bench lineup. But like Corver's yeah. kind of redundant if you're gonna have J- Jr. off the bench, right? Like, yeah, that's a good point. Role. And yeah, it's just weird. And like, I, I I almost hope I have this like this theory that's like 
lives as more of like a desperate hope that Lou is doing this starting lineup so it doesn't work. And then he can go to one of the two and go, listen, guys, we tried it. (laughs) I I like the conspiracy theory. I like it. Because it's a lot easier to go to Wade and be like, listen, here are the numbers that show that you and Rose can't play together than to say, trust me, Dwayne, you can't make this work. (laughs) (laughs) See, it'd be Rose I'd be given the talking to, though. Yeah, oh man, it was ugly what he was doing out there at times. And like, you know, I, I think that in spurts it worked and they definitely had some decent movement based sets. Uh, there was that really, really nice uh, oop from Wade to LeBron in the fourth where I think uh, I think it was Rose that set kind of a pin down screen for him. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they definitely found some stuff that worked. And like, obviously, they played well in the first quarter and the second quarter to have a pretty dominant lead at half. But they just kind of bogged down and uh, had some bad habits. I will say, LeBron uh, playing the four on offense. Woo! Yeah. Like, yeah, like he's, being able he's, to- he's a joy to watch. Uh, oh, I, made a, I made a comment about uh, how difficult me and actually Big Waz was watching, uh, where the double team came and any any other NBA player loses that ball off the double team. Mm-hmm. That 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 requires strength, and then he makes the cross the court pass which is a very tough pass to find Kevin Love to knock down that three bike. He fired was, that thing at him, he too. He fired it, too, and that's not an easy pass to make across the body. Like, that's a lot of core strength right there, and a lot of people right. may look at it and say, oh, it's just a pass, but that's very difficult to do. Yeah, he was he was a virtuoso, and I did want to – something I did want to, like, talk about even before this game started was how he looked as the free safety on defense. Oh, I was just about to bring able- that up. Yeah, he hasn't been able to do that in a really long time because they haven't really had a great wing defender. But they have Crowder now, and they've got Love playing the center. So he's playing the four, guarding mostly Jalen Brown, some Jason Tatum, guys that he didn't really feel that obligated to lock down on on the ball. And I I think he played really good free safety in this game for the most part. They made the Celtics work for every shot, and he rotated with with a vengeance. I mean, not to get too dark, but like on the play, Hayward got hurt. That was LeBron playing free safety. He ju- he kind of flew in from nowhere to blow up the lob, and I thought he did a nice job there. And uh, <laughs> I think we talked we talked about how this defense might be a little could be better with Tristan on the bench, just because free safety LeBron is so good. And right. I think we saw kind of the blueprint for that tonight. Yeah, they're going to have great rotations because it allows LeBron to be athletic. Um, takes a lot of pressure. He doesn't have to bang with a lot of guys. He can rotate because he's still fast. Um, and then the chase down block, <laughs> it's coined. It's coined. I don't know what Terry Rozier was doing at that point. He thought, he, you know, I even even Kyrie coached it and said, you got to go up and under, man. That's LeBron. Yeah. Uh, straight windshield right. Like, I mean, that's the signature chase down block that he's known for. And you, you don't leave that hanging because he's coming. Do you so, guys remember? Do you remember his first year back in Cleveland when he was having those back issues and just didn't look right? I yeah. just, I specifically remember everyone having discussions like, maybe he's done being able to do that. <laughs> like, yeah. That oh was no, an actual, I remember like, Twitter conversation of maybe he just can't do that anymore. He's just lost that athleticism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a while before his stuff declines because you know he he takes care of his body so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even the fact that he was playing on a quote unquote sprained ankle, um, the conditioning that he does is just amazing. Yeah, um, it's really incredible. At 32, years, at 32 years old, I mean, it's not quote old to to many people, but in basketball years, he's been in the league for 15 years straight. 
with, mm-hmm. with zero summers off, probably maybe one or two summers, if that all. Yeah, and his um, conditioning so was probably was. bad in comparison to what he's accustomed to, just given the fact that he has had that ankle injury and has sat out for most of the preseason. Right. It Absolutely. didn't show, man. He looked so damn good. Yeah. He ate. Yeah. He ate on the glass. Yeah, yeah. He's a, that's a vet. I think he knows now how approaching his fifteenth year. He knows how to exert energy and and when not to. And mm-hmm. also, him playing the four kind of gives him that opportunity to, you know, rest a little bit versus working so hard like he did last season. Yeah, yeah. I just think he's going to guard the worst offensive threat every night for the rest of the year. Like that's crazy. Like, he really has that luxury now. I mean, Justin, I think you were the one who first talked about it when this trade went down. Yep. Is that what made, I mean, among the thousand problems that the Warriors present, one of the big issues, one of the big differences from last year's finals to the two years prior was that LeBron couldn't guard Draymond anymore. They had to put him on the KD every possession. And like part of part of stopping the Warriors is throwing off those, that rhythm on that one five pick and roll with Draymond, and with Crowder they kind of have that option again. They can throw Crowder on Durant. He's never going to stop him. But the point is, you can still throw him on. Say, do your best sport, and then, and then have LeBron rest. Yeah, it's it's going to be more so contained work. Uh, you also Crowder can also defend one through four, so he's actually mobile. He can. You know he's he's a physical he's a physical specimen there right there like I think he he's gonna be he's gonna be good for the Cavs moving yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah, I did want if if everyone can kind of get their uh, get their champagne bottles or their forty ready, uh, you know whatever you prefer, whatever alcohol you want to prefer, <laughs> and can we pour one out for the Kevin Love's going to have a bigger role this year? Man, uh, narrative. I'm it's with never, it. I, I think that's never going to happen. He's just never going to get shots. Never going to get it. <laughs> Man, you know what? This is why this is why the Cavs are my kind of contender. They, they're not like the Warriors, where everything just gels and they have a great no. time. They they go out there and crush people. They always keep it interesting, whether it be behind the scenes stuff, whether it be just gong show rotations, whether it be trying to figure out what Rose and Wade are going to do, or if Kevin Love's going to get touches. They always keep it interesting and they keep it weird. Like that's that's what I live for. And my. God, Kevin Love needs touches, but I I just don't know if it's going to happen with Derrick Rose there. Yeah, yeah right. that, that, drive he did, that drive he did multiple times. I predicted that play every time. Watching him in New York last year, I just was like, "Can you do more?" And I can't wait till he starts making that jump and pass. LeBron's going to lose more of his hair on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just going <laughs> to. <laughs> it's just going to be a frustrating time. So uh, I just stumbled upon a meeting that you were looking at uh, where it's like uh, Jameer Nelson. I would yep. love the Cavs to pick him up. He's more controlled and paced and, 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 and more of a Cavs-type point guard. They really um, don't yeah. need a lot. They don't need a lot from that position. All they really require is someone that's not going to try to do too much. That's able to ball on a shot. Yeah, they got to be a spot up shooter. Like they need a combo guard more than they need a point guard, and that was one of the things that made Kyrie so valuable is because he could play that role when he was alongside LeBron. Um, and then you even had limited players like Della Vadova who played well. In that capacity, he he wasn't the point guard. He played off LeBron. He basically just played off-ball defense and spotted up for shots. And I I think Jameer Nelson would would fit that profile a little bit more. And like 
the dark thought has even crossed my mind that it might work better with Jose Calderon because that guy never turns <laughs> over the ball. And my God, it, it, the saddest reality of this Cavs team might be that Calderon is the best point guard defensively they have on the roster. I don't yeah, know if it's, it's 100%, but it's close. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy thinking about it. Yeah, it's not great. Um, it's just... I don't know. I really am. Not, I'm not quite ready to give up on the Rose experiment. I'm just kind of ready to give up on the Rose weight experiment. Yeah. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like Jr. should should be playing more than 22 minutes. Tristan Thompson played 20 minutes in this game. Isn't that crazy? Like, oh, and by the way, for all the talk about like, oh, this team has unmatched depth and that <laughs> LeBron's ever had. Uh, they've got guys that'll be able to get him his rest. How many minutes did LeBron play tonight, guys? Uh, you know, 41. 41. <laughs> it's never going to stop. <laughs> There's certain things that I know to be true at a at a level that is just, like, intrinsic. It's that Le- Le- Kevin Love isn't going to get more shots, <laughs> and-, and LeBron James isn't going to get to rest. <laughs> well, he has yeah. a legitimate backup this year in Jay Crowder, who's now starting alongside him. I, I mean, <laughs> that's one of the things I, I do love. Like, if we're talking about the positives, I love Crowder and LeBron together like I, I just think that's one of the best things the Cavs have going for them and I think the front court of those two and Love or Th- Thompson in other minutes um, is going to work really well the issue is when you have those three as your front court you need your guards to limit penetration because the hope is having LeBron and Crowder uh, on the perimeter is going to limit the number of shots at the rim because Kevin Love's not going to protect the rim at the same level that Tristan Thompson's going to so you need to reduce the the volume of attempts there and with Wade and Rose getting beat just backdoor every single time or, or getting blown by like Jason Tatum on some really basic actions was getting past D Wade and Rose into the paint and and you just can't allow that yeah yeah it's a problem uh but i mean in fairness like i don't think like i mean we're kind of harping on the negatives because it's the Cavs and they just make you do that sometimes but there were really (laughs) good things in this game like wade passed pretty well he had a couple nice i thought wade played okay i really did he didn't have like a great box score game but i thought he was okay Um, i'm with you there uh, i'm with you there and a lot of their turnovers uh were i think the byproduct of not being super used to one another and there are going to be some spacing issues but at least with the starting lineup they can invert the spacing a little with crowder and love and lebron uh as the shooters uh and I did think Crowder, even though he didn't have, like, a great game from the field, he went 3 of 10. I thought he earned his plus-minus. He had the best plus-minus of the game at plus-7. And mm-hmm. thought the defense was really solid. And I thought that he showed his medal as a cutter in this game. Yep, I agree. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I, this is just going to be a team where I think – I don't think Lou really knows what he's doing yet with the rotations. And, and that I think that's makes, fair. I Like, yeah. I know everyone's going to – React and say that this is Tyron Lou not not knowing his rotations. He's doing a poor job of it. But this is literally the only the second game that LeBron has played with this starting lineup. There's no way that uh, they would have everything ironed out. It's going to take some time. Um, it's going to have a few hiccups. But uh, overall, I, I think this is positive and. We're still looking at a team that's without Isaiah Thomas. Um, LeBron probably isn't at 100% yet. Um, there are th- 
options available for to to help solve the issues with this team. Like J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson are right there to play more minutes and. and if they do play more minutes, it's going to help out the team. Like, I, I don't think it's a situation like three years ago when you're looking at how the Cavs' starting lineup is working and there were clear flaws with that, but there were no better options available. This is a you're team with Joe a lot Harris of options. Wasn't a better option? <laughs> What's that? Are you telling me Joe Harris wasn't a better option? <laughs> Smoking oh, Joe Harris. No, but like, I, I, what I mean is, there's a team. This is a team with a lot of options and a lot of time to figure things out. And um, I think that's one of the reasons this Cavs team is going to be more interesting in the regular season than they have been in the past, is because they're actually working towards figuring something out. They're going to have a little bit more motivation throughout the regular season because those past teams knew exactly who they were, what they were going to do against the Warriors, and and they coasted through the regular season. This team needs to figure things out. They need to work on their sets throughout the year. And with a weaker Eastern Conference, I, I think this is a team that, that is going to kind of exceed a lot of those win expected expected win totals there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, was, uh, I'll say this. Great to get a follow from Black Trey mid-pod on Twitter. <laughs> That's huge. Man. That I feels good. That's, that's, I felt like I just aced a job on a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to um, see is if Trey's going to block you in the middle of a podcast this year. That's I, def- I definitely that actually that's my 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 second time only blocking people. I've never like really gotten to it that way, but I just really didn't think that was. I, I, I already had some thoughts about the two particular people that I blocked. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was kind of the straw. Um, so I just wanted to like remove my timeline of it. There Isn't were some so bad funny takes. That you, we sit. I think it's so funny on Twitter that there are people that we just objectively don't like that we follow, <laughs> and we're just sitting here like so pissed. And then eventually, you finally unfollow or you mute them or you block them. And you're like, oh wait, I didn't need them in my life at all. The what courtesy the behavior is hilarious on Twitter. Yeah, I didn't even follow these people, but they ended up on my timeline, you know, just because NBA Twitter is such like a thing. It's very incestuous. It's, it's never it's never one of those off-season things. It constantly goes, whether it's transactions or injuries or whatever it is. So you're going to see those type of tweets come. And uh, that's how I actually witnessed it. And I was like, I made a comment to it. And I was like, you know what? I just don't really want this on my timeline right now. So mm-hmm. the fact that I can control it, it had nothing to do with any personal feelings or, you know, making me feel any type of way. That person... You know, I could see them and whatever, but I just thought those takes were kind of, you know, a little bit too much and and unfit for my uh, <laughs> my personal timeline. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big block who you want block, mute who you want to mute advocate. This is supposed to be fun. Yeah. People forget that sports are supposed to be fun. And I, I know we've we've harped on the negatives a little too much today, probably. Um, but I, I mean, we've we've had way the off season always feels too long, even though this is an early start, and it, it just feels nice to talk about real basketball. Um, yeah, like to, thank like, God it's to back. Poke at, and to like critique things and know that it like matters. Like right. a couple times, I'm like, because I I just couldn't I couldn't get too ramped up for Cavs are moving the wall, ball pretty well this preseason. I'm like, all right, guys, <laughs> you guys have that one without me. I'll sit that one out. Yeah, I, I don't think I watched any preseason. I just for Good my for own you. sanity. 
Um, no, I, I, trust me, I wanted to, but I just, I just couldn't do it. I just was sitting there like, nope, I'm not going to get into these. Hey, this guy's looking good. Maybe he's in shape, or you know, I said, you know, what? I'm just going to wait till open at night and then fire it up. And I that, think that's you probably left. You probably entered the season more informed than the people who watched every game, <laughs> just because of how many bad details. Oh yeah, definitely. It was so many hot takes. It was this guy's going to be great. This guy's going to be this. And Kuzma. So I'm I'm actually a Kuzma guy. I don't sure, I am he, too, actually. But that's not the point. People lose like, their minds. He actually just knows how to play the game. That's yeah. one thing. I think that's going to be his plus. But I mean, I don't think he's the immediate change of coach, shift of culture, or he highlights, you know, and makes them win, uh, go to the playoffs or anything. But he's definitely going to be uh, big for them in due time. He doesn't have to start. Um, he's going to get what he's going to get regardless of the minutes he gets. You know, like, I think mm-hmm. he's just going to be that much effective. Um, so I'm a huge Kyle Kuzma fan. Trey, yeah, I have no, a I very like important it. question for you. And sorry yes. to cut you off, Carter. That's what is fine. your opinion of Brandon Ingram? Oh, holy shit. Okay, so again, how I brought up and praised Jalen Brown, I had the same high hopes for Brandon Ingram. But again, that piggybacked off the preseason stuff. Because he had such a great summer league, he was so aggressive. I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to get too excited because these are guys that's trying to make the roster, and he has experience, so he has a huge green light. But I'm highly disappointed in Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram should be Kyle Kuzma right now. I should be praising. <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> it's, it's weird like that. I mean, sometimes you know, a lot of a lot of hot takes or some of these guys, these GMs don't know what they're doing. And I don't want to say that because, you know, they got their jobs for reasons. But sometimes I think – and it's not Brandon Ingram's fault. You know, he has an upside. He's seven feet now probably. He's very young and, you know, tons of potential. But it's a lot of pressure given to him. I think he would be a great complimentary player versus being the guy. Right. Yeah, well, no. you have to understand, Trey, that people have told us that he's one of the reasons LeBron's going to leave us. So yeah. it's not even we're actually the man got obligated. slapped with a very high oh, bar. <laughs> Don't get yeah, we got to shit on him forever now. And that's not our fault. That's their fault. That's yeah. the game. I mean, hey, when you get a house in Brentwood and, and you work out in Los Angeles high school, sometimes <laughs> and coming to UCLA. Those those are the rumors that you're going to get, man. <laughs> I, I haven't been to Cleveland. I don't want to talk about Cleveland bad, but uh, I would I would do L.A. Summers any day. Yeah, it's it's not about being right. It's about being petty. And I think that's that's <laughs> what we're about on this podcast. Yeah. Hey, be petty, man. Petty Murphy and uh, Petty Griffin. I, I like that's it. <laughs> yeah, poor poor Brandon Ingram. He, he The bar was just – it's been set high because all the talk is Magic's going to recruit LeBron with Ball and Ingram. And now I think that's going to change to Ball and Kuzma. Like – uh, Magic's going to, on the recruitment day when LeBron meets with the Lakers, Magic's going to tell Ingram that he's going to pick him up, and Brennan Ingram's going to be stand, sitting on the on the steps just waiting for Magic to come by. Meanwhile, Kuzma and Ball oh, are, so sad. Are, are pitching yeah, to LeBron. Yeah, the, the interviews have already changed. It's sort of, oh, hey, you know, you guys got Lonzo Ball. Oh, hey, Kyle Kuzma. It's not even an Ingram thing anymore, and I feel so bad because I want him to actually thrive. Mm-hmm. And it, but it's just not working out for him. Um, you know, even Randall. I thought Randall did this great transformation, and I got to watch him at the Drew League. But it didn't translate to what's going on. And 
now Luke Walton's in a situation where you have guys that play the same position and it's kind of like Kuzma's in and the, everybody's kind of doing the heel turn on Ingram and, and Randall. Um, but you got to micromanage those guys differently, just like how particularly if there's a rock, I mean, a lineup change in Boston and Tatum has to, um, and Tatum has to go to the bench. You still use them, you know, in a great, in a great way and don't let them fall off. Mm-hmm. And right now, like those dudes are falling off because Kuzma's getting all the praise versus how can we make all three of you guys work? Well, yeah. Luke Walton is the kind of guy I feel like he's a good personality manager. Like you read like Ethan Strauss's profile of his big Draymond piece to start last season. He talked about how tight Walton and Draymond were and how much Draymond liked playing for Walton. Like he does seem to be a guy that understands players and what they need from him. Uh, which I think goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Man, shout out to Strauss. Yeah, oh, Strauss. yeah. That's my guy. The best. The GOAT. <laughs> the legend. He hates Cleveland Twitter, but damn it, this podcast <laughs> loves him. <laughs> Rightfully so, in fairness. We're terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, we're self-hating, though. That's 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 a big part of what that's, we bring to the, the table. Cheddar bob. That's the Cheddar Bob on 8-mile uh, road. <laughs> self hate and you won't you won't experience the hate there you go yeah 100 can't, can't experience hate if you if you give your own self hate exactly no one will ever hate me as much as i hate myself i think justin has that quote framed above his fireplace i i no, it's above my bedroom door i slap it like i'm running out of the tunnel every morning <laughs> it's like notre dame exactly <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyways, Trey, we really do appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, we'll give you this moment to, to plug what you got going on. I, I mentioned the podcast, uh, TBF, uh, BOM, as well as Nice Kicks. I haven't checked out Nice Kicks yet. I'm not the biggest sneakerhead, but um, I've heard really good things about it. Uh, love TBF as well as BOM. Uh, so go ahead. Give it a plug. Absolutely. Uh, so like you said, we have TBF. We have Bomb. We have Nice Kick Cast. Uh, we have Wall Speaks coming. We have Talk Hoops. Uh, we have um, so many, so many different pods coming. Uh, I advise everybody to subscribe to this pod as well. Make sure you rate five stars. Make sure you leave a great review. Uh, you know, everything's organic. We don't put out any BS. Uh, I think <laughs> we're going to put out great quality. Um and, you know, thank you guys again for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, and thanks for inviting us to be part of your network. Uh, I will put a brief caveat that this podcast is like 75% BS and mostly low quality, but uh, <laughs> we, but we'll do our best to, to try to live up to, to, the, uh, to the quality of everything else on the network. We're really excited to be a part of it. And, and also shout out to uh, Sam Asfindiari and Andy Liu with the Light Years pod. That was one of the ones I wasn't listening to. Light Years and shout out yeah. to super producer Jade Hoy. Yeah, shout out to Jade Sam Hoy. and Andy are the two worst people we know, but somehow we landed in a group DM with them, so we talk to them every that, day. That, that group DM has been going strong for a couple of years, and I, I I talk to them more than I talk to my my loved ones, and that's that's probably a big explanation for why my life has gone the way it has. Sure. <laughs> so, yes, thank you so much, Trey. And again, to all our listeners, uh, remember subscribing, leave a review. That's the best way to support the pod. Um, check out um, check out all the pods on the network. We're excited to be part of it. And as always, go Cavs. Okay.